Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in his name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson, and today we're going to talk about a special group of people who took on a big challenge and passed that challenge with flying colors. And then we're going to discuss how important it is to actually face the fire, right? And joining me for those stories and way, way more is, once again, Run For God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. How's your week been? It's been a good week. The weather is turning cooler Mm-hmm. And so it's been a little bit nicer to run. But then the next two days, it's going to hit 80 again. Is it going to hit 80 yeah, again? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, But Come I on. think it's going to cool off after that. and Probably for good this time. Yeah. <laughs> but you never know around here. Yeah. So um, um, we may possibly running, be running the risk again by me saying this very thing. But we had our first podcast marked explicit. Yeah. Last or, or last as of this as of the time we're recording this, it was last week's podcast, and you and I kind of went back, or you went back, and the only thing that you can contribute that to is the fact that I said that we are praying for Israel, because when we recorded that podcast, it was right after the attacks, and I made the comment that we're we're praying for the country of Israel, we're praying for the Palestinians, we're praying for all sides. Mm-hmm. And you and I believe that because I made that statement, our podcast got marked as explicit. Mm-hmm. That's the only because I mean, obviously, we don't say anything explicit on here. <laughs> no. um, so this one may get expl- marked explicit simply because of the fact I'm talking about it. So, do you have any idea about is, is there some kind of guideline out there, or or is it just at the we're at the mercy of? I think podcast it's, people, whoever they are. I think it's just like all social media stuff, you know, that it's it's not you, – you just have no control over. Yeah. They just decide. They I, I'm sure they have some sort of guidelines, mm-hmm. but it, it, it is what it is. Um, what's fascinating to me is that I, I listen to a podcast from one guy in particular who uses foul language. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a ton, but every once in a while. And I don't think, his is not marked as a, as explicit as far as the overall podcast, and so it, it just I don't know how they determine these things. Well, and and I didn't think about it until you made the comment, but we've noticed that our um, numbers were down this past week yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. Well, what I didn't know until you said it, or I knew it, but I hadn't put the two together, is that. Many people, and I know I'm this way on my phone. If if a if a podcast is marked explicit, it doesn't even download to my phone. Right. And so, I'm just putting two and two together now and saying that that is what happened to our numbers this past week. Yeah. Or that's a big part of it is it just simply didn't download onto a lot of people's phones. So if you're out there and you think you missed our podcast last week, it may be because it didn't download to your phone. So I want to ask you go back and download it. 
mm-hmm. listen to what we said. It was very benign. It was it was not explicit at all. And in fact, we were saying how we're praying for both sides because we are. We need yeah. to be. Everybody in this world needs to be. Yep. Um, so let's let's combat what happened last week and yeah. go share that podcast. Yeah. Get it out there and really um, help oh. us get that number back up. And that would have been episode number 188 in case Correct. you're wondering which, which one it was. Yep. So, yeah, help us out. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk about this week's sponsor, Run for God. We like to do business with locally owned businesses when it's practical. One Source Business Products is Dalton's only locally owned office supply company. If you're looking for office supplies, furniture, printing, janitorial, custom forms, or stamps, they have you covered and the prices are right. That's why they compare and you save. Give them a call at 706-516-3900 or on the web at onesourcebp.com. And thank you to Barry and his whole family. I talked to Barry yesterday at church. We had a a medical emergency, I guess is what you would call it. We had a lady in the church that um, she just passed out, was unresponsive during the middle of service. And uh, Barry's daughter was actually singing in the praise band and she's also a nurse and so she came down did the life-saving stuff for this lady we got her out and then she went back up on stage and continued to sing wow so she was kind of a jack of all trades yesterday morning but great family um we love to support local businesses when you can and you can support these local businesses these family-owned businesses from anywhere in the world now with with the websites uh, with the with their online presence. So go check them out, onesourcebp.com. Absolutely. So was the lady okay? The lady that As far as I know, she was responsive by the time okay. she left. You know, I'm running sound, so I kind of see everything as it's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I went to, you know, actually I was out in the foyer when it happened. I had just gone to the restroom and um, uh, Adrian Poe, HR's wife, came yeah. out and said, we need a nurse or a doctor. And I just assumed that, because we have a whole crew of first responders. You know, yeah. it's kind of a, but you always forget what to do when it actually happens. So yeah. she came out and I assumed that there was nobody in the sanctuary. So I ran and grabbed Holly, who was in the nursery, who she used to do ultrasound. And she <laughs> she said last night, she said, I love that you think I'm a doctor, but I'm not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the medical field and I said, well, you're, you're as close as I could think of at the time. Uh, uh, but yeah, she was responsive when they good. took her out. They took her out to, to get her checked up, but I didn't hear anything last night. Uh, but she was responsive. But she was she was not responsive for probably five or ten minutes. Wow. It's wow. pretty scary. That's really scary. Yeah. Well, our Facebook post for last week comes from Misty Turner. Um, she says, Dean Thompson, so what's next after the marathon? We need a maintenance plan. We followed the Run for God plan for two years after trying everything else for years before with no success and finally made it to the finish line. But now I'm a little lost. Do hope to try and lead a class again soon, but what do you suggest we do after a marathon? How do we maintain? After 15 years of trying to get here, I'm not sure what to do now. I answered this online, and but it was such a good question mm-hmm. and such a good topic for us to talk about. And so that's a good question. What do you do when you've had this plan and you've been following this plan for a long time, in this case for a full year, uh, what do I do now mm-hmm. um, that I've, I've hit that goal? Because it feels like kind of a letdown, I guess, at that point in time, right? Yeah, it's one of our more common 
questions throughout the year is is what now yeah you know, people finish they hit that big goal and it's it's what now and you know we're, we're actually working on a few things right now it's funny that this question comes up right now because we're working on that as we speak um some exciting new things that are coming um through kind of the new platform that we're working on uh, since the merger with upward and uh, going to be much more robust and we're going to be able to meet people really where they are where historically we've kind of catered to the couch two, the couch two 5k couch two marathon uh, but the systems we're putting in place right now are really going to be meeting people where they're at so if you're yeah. a if you're a couch person we've got you covered yeah. if you run 30 miles a week we've got you covered if you're a seasoned experienced runner like like yourself mm -hmm. we've got you covered yeah and uh so the platform uh and a lot of this stuff is not going to roll out until next year um but it's going to be incredible it and, is coming uh, i've always said when this question is asked it's pretty simple sign up for another race yeah, yeah get something else on the calendar and then build your training to that and we we currently have the tools for that yeah um but i'm one of those that you know if, if i'm really trying to to go for something i've got to have something on the calendar yeah and uh it's funny i said i was going to talk about this during the podcast uh, a memory come up on my facebook this past weekend and it was from 13 years ago and it was iron man florida yeah and uh so the guy that did it with me, David Redman, a good friend of mine, um, I, I kind of sh shared that memory, and I said, say when, David Redman. And so he, he responded back, and we're kicking around some stuff. And so right. I don't know. Stay tuned. Maybe, you know, we're building a house right now, and that's that's just sucking up a lot of time right now. Maybe once we get moved in, maybe I'll have to get something back on the calendar and, yeah. and get going cuz I I do I saw that I saw that memory and and man I I miss it. I really yeah. do. It's hard. Yeah. Those Ironman training, but it's um Yeah, it's, I don't miss training for the triathlons, but I miss being around triathlon. It's a you great know? community. It, I mean, it's it, just like the running community. Yeah. It's a great community of people. It and it's fun to watch. Yeah, and I like the diversity of training anyway. Yeah. You yeah. Know, so who it's knows? Tough. Maybe maybe we'll maybe we'll, well get signed back up for something. Well, here are some other things you can do if you find yourself in that boat or you know, now or in the future. The one that I, I posted was this. You know, pick one of our plans um, that has basically the number of miles you want to run. Mm -hmm. So if you just ran a marathon, uh, you know, maybe you pick the half marathon plan because it's a it's a it's not as many miles as you ran with a marathon, but it's still a significant number of miles. You may want to drop back further than that, and that's okay too. Mm -hmm. um, but find something that has that number of miles where you want to be, and then instead of executing the plan as it's written, um, do one of the workouts each week, and then the other one just run easy for the amount of miles that you would have run had you done the workout. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a good plan if you just have to have a plan. Well, and what's cool about that is, you know, it's it's kind of like we've talked about the question, when does running get easier? When, you, when you've just completed a marathon, let's say you just completed a marathon and then you drop back to half marathon training, that's when running gets easier. That's right. It's gonna feel <laughs> you easier. realize, wow, this was so hard just a few months ago. And now it feels like a breeze. That is and, true. And uh, so, yeah, that that is when running gets easier when you go backwards yeah. to the plan before. For sure. A second thing you could do, you could you could pick, uh, you could just say, okay, I want to run four days a week, and I want to run twenty five miles a week. 
and then just do that yeah just pick out the four days a week you want to run and just decide how many miles you want to run to split it up into into that 25 miles and just do that and just, just do the mileage just do the mileage there's something therapeutic about no agenda it's just four miles there or whatever is. it is although there are those people who they have to have a plan they need to be told exactly what to do and i get that i'm that person but i i'm you know yeah. i i don't ever go by a plan I'm, yeah. i'll create a plan and then i won't go by it <laughs> So <laughs> you rebel against your own plan. I do. I do. <laughs> uh, but if that's not, I'll tell you what, though, if that's not in your comfort zone, if you feel like you do have to have a plan, maybe that's what you need to do just to get outside your comfort zone. Mm. Maybe that will help you in mm. some ways. Uh, another way to do it is if you use the beginner plans to get where you are, well, go back, go to the competitive plans mm-hmm. and check those out and just, you know, run a little bit harder uh, this time. Um, and you know, finally, maybe the last thing, go on a running streak, just try to run at least one mile every day yeah. and, uh, and do that for fun for a while and see how long you can go without missing a day. And, um, you know, that's just, those are some ideas. There's obviously a lot of things you can do and, uh, but don't, don't get, don't get stressed about not having a specific plan that's, that's catered to you. Although, like you said, in the future, we're going to have something like a maintenance plan mm-hmm. for those people that just all they want to do is just run sure so it'll be good all right well we had a trivia question for last week that was this what is the world record for the 100 mile distance and i didn't know this when i asked the question but my goodness i am impressed beyond anything i could imagine this is crazy town it really is Lithuanian runner Alexander Sorokin has run 100 miles in 10 hours and 51 minutes and 39 seconds. That is a six minute and 31 per, uh, per mile pace. That is unbelievable. I mean, running 630 pace for me, I'm a pretty good runner. Running 630 pace for me for a five mile run is a challenge. Yeah. And uh, this guy did it for 100 miles. Um, he also holds the records for 24 hours. He ran 198.599 miles in 24 hours, 715 per mile for, for that long. Um, he's got the 12-hour record, which is 110 miles at 632 pace. And he's got the 100K record, which is um, 62 point something miles and it's six hours and five minutes and 41 seconds which is five minutes and 53 seconds per mile so as you were looking at these numbers did it show did he pretty much even split or was was it positive splits uh i didn't look at splits i would think I it's know. i would you would think it would be even yeah i would think so i would think that's what he tries to do yeah that, that would be my guess Um, He's 41 years old. He sometimes trains in I-10 Kenya, uh, which is at altitude. And so I don't see – I don't know that I've ever heard of an ultra runner running at altitude like that to train. Um, One week he ran 235 miles, and in the middle of that week he had a 43-mile run at 627 pace. (laughs) just astounding. Um, and what's interesting, he was a competitive kayaker in his youth, but he gave up that sport when he was 25 years old after he got a shoulder injury. Um, he just got a regular job. He smoked cigarettes. He drank alcohol. 
gained some weight and then finally just decided I got to get back in shape. Um, at 31 years old, he, p- he picked up ultra running and now he's the best in the world. Wow. So crazy. Never too late. Nope. And on the women's side, Camille Heron ran 100 miles. This is interesting. She ran 100 miles in 12 hours and 41 minutes and 11 seconds, which would be the fastest ever, which is 737 pace, except it wasn't. They went back and they measured the loop she was running, and it turns out she was 716 feet short after 100 miles. Oh, my goodness. But fortunately for her, she is the record holder at 1242 anyway so it wasn't a huge deal but it you know it was it was she was 40 years old when she thought she broke this record she's 41 now um camille again she was an athlete before being an ultra runner she was a basketball player when she was younger and of course she was one of those who she was very driven and so when she was young she would practice basketball for hours and hours and hours and she she attributes that to part of her success in ultramarathoning that she thinks it really helped her, which you would never think basketball helped my ultramarathon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? But that's the way it goes. So it seems like ultras are, are really custom made for older folks. You know, these both of these, are, they're around 40, um, a little over 40. And um, and they're at the top of the world at that age hmm. that's pretty impressive do you think that's kind of the because you know you know iron man was kind of that way at one point it was kind of the lane used to call it when he was young the old man sport um but now we've talked about this several times mm-hmm. many times on here it's like the 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 younger generation is starting to step into it and really do some pretty spectacular things do you think it's just because it's it's still ultra running is still somewhat new it's still somewhat kind of the fringe but as it becomes more and more mainstream do you i mean i'm thinking about of course kipchoge is older but i'm thinking about he he's made the comment that he's going to step into it which is that's going to be fascinating to watch yeah but do you think that most of the younger people now are are in the I mean, we've even talked about road racing now is the money is kind of coming up to the level of track I think it's all about the money. Once money starts to become it could be. kind of on an equal playing field as ultras, maybe some of the more competitive people. Because, I mean, think about it. If you're going to run for a living, you're going to tend to gravitate where you can make the most money, you know, if you can do that, that distance. Um, and I would think the marathon is – it's much more lucrative, at least for right now. Yeah. But – Maybe. I mean, it's getting more and more popular every year. Well, but even the marathon, you know, you didn't have a whole lot of young folks doing it until recently. Right. Um, yeah, I, I think it was just the natural progression of things for years, and people are starting to challenge it. And mm-hmm. so I think, yeah, eventually I think that's what's going to happen. Because I think people went into ultra marathons for a long time just because they were they were, they did other stuff, and then they eventually, okay – I can't run a great marathon anymore, but maybe I could run a really good ultra marathon. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and now we're finding, you know, and, and of course, you know, in Alexander Sorokin's case, he didn't start till he was 31. So, uh, at 31, it's a little too late to become a great 10 K runner, but you can, uh, still become a great. So I, yeah, I think that's, that's probably why. Yeah. Upward sports equips churches to run self-sustaining sports ministries in their communities. Whether you're a sports fanatic or on staff at a church, 
Upward Sports will give you all the tools you need to run a first-class sports ministry that allows you to reach families in your community. Upward Sports offers basketball, soccer, flag football, cheerleading, volleyball, baseball, and softball through league and camp offerings. At Upward Sports, we want to help your church make a difference and give you increased opportunities to share the gospel. Learn more today at Upward.org. That's Upward.org. All right, we're back in stories, uh, stories, stories, stories. We've got to have stories. We're, we're, we're literally running out of stories. We gotta have them, so mm-hmm. you need to submit your story. If you, if you again, we know you have a story. We've talked about that so many times. Um, but here's the cool thing about if you submit your story now, it, it's going to get on the podcast really quickly. Yeah. If you submit your story now, um, because there aren't many in the kitty. So, uh, with this, matter of fact, this one that we're going to share today, I just got a couple weeks ago. So, uh, yeah, d- submit your story, please. So I read this post here recently about running with somebody else that this person was asking about running with somebody who's faster than them. And was it crazy? Should they do it? And so I thought it would be an interesting thing for us to address. Who should you run with and who should you not run with? Um, so, so the question is, should you run with somebody who's faster than you? And of course, the answer to that question is kind of on a sliding scale. It depends on how much faster they are, mm-hmm. right? Or how much slower they are. Uh, if somebody is a different speed than you, um, it may not be somebody that you, you probably don't want to run with them every day. I think that's probably a, not a good idea to do it every day. Um, but it is okay to do it occasionally. It's okay to occasionally run faster than you would normally run. But you got to be careful with it because if mm-hmm. you do too much of it, you you, you run the risk of being injured. Um, but it depends on what your goal is really mm-hmm. too, right? So if you want to be competitive and be the fastest you can be, we know that the best way to do that is to run your easy runs in a particular zone. Mm-hmm. And so that would be the thing to do. Now, doing workouts and things, I love doing workouts with people who are faster than me because mm-hmm. it pushes me. To, to run hard and i think it's great so even if they're finishing you know you're doing let's say you're doing 800 repeats and they're finishing well ahead of you you're still you still got a target so that's right. great in that case um and if you're running with somebody slower than you then you can encourage them sure. and be that person for them um, and that gives you a little bit of a boost of energy so it depends on what you're trying to do if all you want to do is just run every day as long as your body's not breaking down, you can run with anybody anytime. Yeah, I think you just got to get creative. I mean, you and I've done this before. You know, I I can't I can't run at your tempo pace, but your slow pace is my tempo pace. So we would do some of that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would get creative. You know, I, I I was talking about David Redmond, the the guy that we kind of threw out the challenge this past weekend about another Ironman. One thing you got to be careful of, especially guys. I think guys are this way more so than females, and I don't know why that is. I do know why that is. But we would go out on rides, and (laughs) it would be a long ride. Say it was a four-hour bike ride. And we would say, we are not going to go over, you know, 160 heart rate or whatever. Yeah. And we would be riding, 
And before you knew it, both of us were starting to breathe a little heavier. Both of us, you know, couldn't talk as good as we could 30 minutes before. And we, we both start to look at our heart rates, and we're at 180 on our heart rates. And it's it's not because I I said I'm going to beat David or he said I'm going to beat Mitchell. It's because I feel like I'm slowing him down. And yeah. at the same time, he feels like he's slowing me down. And before you know it, we're beating each other's brains in. Yep. And so, especially on your long runs, yep. you know, you got to keep it in that zone. And, you know, I've done this with you before. Mm-hmm. We're running. I'm like, Dean, I'm slowing down. Yep. And you just got to be honest with the person you're running with because if you go out with somebody that's a lot faster than you and you're supposed to be doing an easy run, you can really do some damage on the rest of your week's running if if you get, you know, too far in the deficit on that run so it's just communication yeah it really is yeah yeah but it is good to run with other people um i enjoy getting a chance to run with people i don't run with very often mm-hmm. um it's, it's a lot of fun all right well our story today is from a guy who hasn't been around run for god for a long time but it but seems it feels like, like he's like he been has. around <laughs> forever uh and so you'll understand that um, as we go through this, his name is Josh Johnson. You may know him. Um, Team Coolidge, mm. if you've heard us talk about Team Coolidge. The he obnoxiously is, orange group. <laughs> he is the leader of that group. <laughs> and he wrote a story called The 2022 Dream Team. In the spring of 2021, God showed me this wonderful program called Run for God, and we put together our first group, Team Coolidge, and competed, uh, completed the 5K challenge by graduating at a local race. We had a great time, and it was awesome to see people who had never run across that finish line. But what was next? I wasn't sure our group wanted to do more, so after that I kept running on my own races the remainder of the year, but continued to pray for God to let me know somehow uh, that we needed to continue run for God. It was clear toward the end of the year God did want us to continue as more and more people from our group kept asking when we were going to do another one. It was also interesting how many people kept asking me when I was going to do a marathon. Nope. I said, not interested in a marathon, but God started pushing and prompting and it wouldn't go away. So after much prayer, I announced to the class, we were going to be kicking off the Run for God Couch to Marathon series starting January, 2022. 5K training started in early January with not only those who had already completed the first class, but we had several new members too. We started a new accountability tradition by signing our names and initials to a large poster uh, chart that said, Run for God 5K Challenge, and hung it up in the room where we had weekly class. We met at our local track for the most part of the 5K Challenge, and running in the winter months was a first for a lot of our group. We experienced cold temps and snow snow at times, but we pushed through each week. Little did we know that God was preparing us for the sudden cold snap we would have at the Dalt in Dalton for the 5K race. We ended up bringing about 15 of our group to our first Run for God 5K weekend, and what an experience we all had. The following months, we completed the 10K challenge, then the half marathon challenge, then the marathon challenge, with each one getting tougher due to life events. Let's face it, we all have so many things going on in our lives, family, 
church, work, and all the intricacies of just those areas with so much more. And it gets tough doing all that week, that week long, and then getting out early Saturday morning to spend half your day on a 20 mile run and then trying to recoup. But God kept us moving and allowed us to find time and make time to get the workouts in. We had bumps and bruises literally along the way, but I was so amazed and inspired by this group of people. God was changing us one mile at a time. We found out we had to lean on him for our strength and endurance and rely on each other for support and encouragement. I was watching God work and change people who had never run a day in their lives. And frankly, when they started, didn't think they could even run the 5K. The team had couples, spouses, siblings, children, church members, community members, parents, friends, all with different personality and reasons for starting and sticking with this program. Their physical lives had changed completely, and what was more interesting was each of our spiritual lives getting stronger too. There truly is something interesting between the parallels of running and faith. The original 1992 Dream Team consisted of many athletes with each with different playing styles and abilities like Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. But they all worked together to create one of the best, if not the best, teams ever put together. Team Coolidge is made up of a lot of different characters, too. And we know that we are competitive, gritty, and hardworking. But what this team won't do is prop themselves up and brag about what they have accomplished. They are always humble, sometimes too much. And, and so I want to brag about them. I've never met a group of people so willing to help, willing to work, willing to learn, and willing to do something new. God has blessed Team Coolidge in so many ways, and I just want to say they are my dream team. Oh, by the way, we're getting ready to finish the Half Marathon Challenge as part of the 2023 Couch to Marathon Series 2 and looking to finish strong with the marathon in Mississippi. Wow. So for those of you out there who don't know, we are uh, coming together as a group at the Mississippi Marathon this mm-hmm. coming February. So if you want to meet us out there, go check out the Mississippi Marathon. We're all going to be meeting up there. Yeah. But Josh is an incredible guy. Yeah. he uh, His whole crew is. Uh, I remember seeing seeing someone of them in a restaurant at Gulf Shores. Do you remember that? I do. They yeah. came up. I mean, they're just a ball of energy yeah and uh they wear those bright orange shirts it just looks too much like tennessee to me (laughs) tennessee vols but uh but yeah you can see them for miles away yeah 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 good good uh, great just a great group of folks um and we've seen a number of leaders like josh Mm -hmm. josh gets it josh understands how to be that cheerleader and um, you know, just kind of keep people between the ditches. Mm-hmm. Um, does a great job with that, and and encourages people along the way. Um, and you know, he makes it look simple, mm-hmm. easy. Mm-hmm. It's not easy, but it is relatively it is simple. simple. Yeah. And so uh, he he sets a vision for the group, organizes all of that, and then just says, "Okay, no excuses. Let's go get it done." Well, and the cool thing about Josh is, you know, we're bringing back the church model uh, sometime probably late summer of next year and and we're really looking at some of these groups like josh's um because you know we know how we've done it in the past but there are so many people out there like josh the bens the darrens the mollies you know these people who we've we've looked to and seen how successful they are and we're taking notes 
mm-hmm. what they're doing, and, and we're going to use that to to formulate the new church model and blast it out to everybody, so people can not only learn from from what we've done in the past, but what from others have done, like yeah. Josh and people like that. So, yeah. uh, kudos to Josh and that whole team Coolidge up there. I mean, they're infectious when they, they come to town. They and, really and they are. come in because of those orange, those orange t-shirts. You can't miss them. Can't miss them. Can't miss them. Well, and I love uh, this idea that he had people that came in to do the five k challenge that didn't think they could go past the five k, and and ultimately wound up running the marathon. Mm-hmm. So many of us can do so much more if we'll just believe that we can. Sure. And uh, yeah, he provided that for them, that belief, I guess. All right, uh, scripture passage, 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 6. Now there are different gifts, but the same spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God activates each gift in each person. It's pretty cool that they had all these different personalities that came together to do one particular physical thing, right? And um, what if we did everything in the church that way? What if we said, okay, this is a, for Run For God, we set a goal. In, this, in their case, we're doing the Couch to Marathon, and that's going to be our goal for the next year. What if our churches said, okay, over the next year, our goal we're down. We're in downtown Cahutta right now. Mm-hmm. Our goal over the next year is to share Jesus with every person who lives in Cahutta. Mm-hmm. Could you do that? Yeah, we probably could do that mm-hmm. if we got focused on it and we sure. all worked together and everybody did their part. We probably could. Yeah. What if the church did that focused effort like we do with running? Be awesome, wouldn't it? Yeah. Man, oh man. But we don't. We often don't see that, and um, we we need. We need to all get in that boat and row in the same direction. Yeah, I think it's I think it's why it's important to have things like Run for God because it really you you can see you can see what happens when everybody's in that boat rowing together. You're taking you're 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 helping people who have been running for years and years and years uh, use that passion to lead others to Christ, and you're taking people who have never run in their life and you're giving them the confidence to do something that they never thought they can do and that is i hate to keep using the word infectious but that is an infectious combination and and people around you people see that when team coolidge shows up anywhere (laughs) i'm sure there's questions from people all around them like who is this crazy bunch of people in these bright orange shirts telling people about jesus man think about what they could do if they went into a community maybe i'm maybe i'm creating a challenge uh, for Team Coolidge here, but what what if they went into their community with those mm-hmm. bright orange shirts, not to run, but to n- go knock on doors and, yeah. and tell others about Jesus? Man, that that's a pretty cool idea. Yeah, yeah, it is. And you're right now, we need this more than we've needed it in a long time. We, we see church attendance declining. Mm-hmm. We see the need for us to be bold in our faith. Um, and boy, it's been really obvious. Some of the things that have been going on on college campuses over sure. the last couple of weeks have been just uh, just things I never thought I would ever see mm-hmm. in in our country. And we're seeing those things. It's more more important right now that we all band together um, with our churches, with our our spiritual groups, and and make a concerted effort. And set your preferences aside. I mean, we all have preferences sure. in the church. Um, you know, I like a certain kind of music. You like a different kind of music. 
right now is when we need to set all that stuff. Well, we really need to always set that kind we of do. stuff aside. Uh, but now more than ever, because we've we've got a real fight on our hands uh, yep. that's that's sweeping across this country, and it's it's not good. No. Um. And but but it's all in God's plan, and that's what we've got to remember that. No matter what comes as a result of everything that's going on right now, it's all in God's plan, yeah. and we need to trust that. That's so hard sometimes. 1 Corinthians twelve twelve. For as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of that body, though many, are one body, so also in is Christ. You know, I love that. I love the three scripture passages he he gave because they all they all point to one thing and it's what we've it seems like i've said this word more in the past six months than i've ever said in my life it's a picture of community mm-hmm. it really is it's there's things that you're good at and there's things that i'm good at and and there's things that you know my pastor's good at that i'm not good at and that's why when we put it all together you know it's it's kind of like a training plan you, you got to have the speed work and you got to have the slow days and you got to have the rest and the recovery all of those things put together uh, equals success and that's exactly what we are as a church you know i can't do everything the church does in my own power but i can do my part and yeah. you can do your part and when i say the church i'm not talking about grove level baptist or Cahuta first baptist i'm talking about the church you know this is one thing that i've, I've always i'll never forget my pastor making this comment and i don't i don't know if we've talked about this on here or not but we had a a summit this has been years ago where there was like 10 churches met at the trade center and it was really being built up in the community as this great uh, time when all these churches were going to get together and um charlie said that people were coming up to him all the week before and said charlie how, how many churches you got coming how many churches you got coming and he said we've got one there's one church going to be there wow we've got different names but we're one church and we we've, yeah. we've got to get away from this you know amen it's almost like we we compete sometimes, and I'm not saying my church does that or your church that, but that that is that is the mentality of 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 Often. some. Not I'm not even gonna say churches. Some people in the churches, yeah, we need to be bigger and better and better than the next guy. No, we need the next guy. Yep, we can't as a church. We can't do it all. As That's a right. church, Kahuta can't do it all. But when we come together, man, that is where magic happens, and that's where God really uses communities of people who are banded together to spread his gospel yeah you know i read this this time i, I was thinking we we talk about the body and th- this particular uh, in in first corinthians this particular passage is really familiar to us about the body and how the body works together and we think about the toe and the all the different parts of the body there's other parts of the body the circulatory system, the nervous system. There's all these under Behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah. And and very often those are really important things, right? So you and I both we've mentioned here done we do the sound at at the church and we're not doing anything in particular that's glorifying God in what we do, but it's necessary. We're, we're helping other people be able to do that mm-hmm. because of the things that we're doing. And that's so important. And we, we had a discussion here recently about, we were talking specifically about music and how um, I'm not a big rap fan. Mm-hmm. But there's no reason why I can't be worshipful 
mm-hmm. through rap music. Mm-hmm. There's no no reason whatsoever because the words and the feeling behind it is what what matters. Mm-hmm. And um, it, you know, I, I, we were listening yesterday to a song, and it was country music. You know, I'm not a big country music mm-hmm. fan either. I really enjoyed that song, and mm-hmm. and I thought, you know, I'm I'm a little too picky sometimes, mm-hmm. and we need to appreciate stuff for what it is, and that goes to in our churches, um, we have that person right that drives us crazy. I've got a guy that uh, um, at our church that you know when he's describing something to you, he's telling you about an event. He's got to tell you the name of every person he met there and the color of the paint on the walls and. All these details that drives me crazy. <laughs> but, you know, we need those guys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because those those guys are really important. But <laughs> If they were just talking to you or I, they would get zero details, and they wouldn't know any of the pictures. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, but it's, imp- it's so important that we, we not only tolerate people who are different than us, but we appreciate people who are different than us that are working in the church and trying to do and get things done. Sure. First Corinthians 12, 26 and 27. So if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. The beauty of running, walking, and endurance events in general, right, is that we suffer together. <laughs> There's something special happens when you – I, I had a, a meeting. I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but we had a meeting, a marketing meeting, and uh, Dave that we, we call Super Dave, the marketing guy, he was talking about – crossfit specifically and he said you know there's there's something special happens when you're with a group of people and you all think you're gonna die yeah and it's from the workout and yeah. and that's right but that it it's it's not just with the workouts it's when you when you deal with heart and that's why church is so important we carry each other's burdens mm-hmm. and there's a special bond built when when that happens it, it brings people closer together you know you think about you know 9-11 and things like that when it brought us together as a country um uh, we talk about why bad things happen to good people mm-hmm. and god allows bad things in our lives because it brings us closer to him yeah it brings us closer to other people and there's there's a lot can be said for that um yeah. you know paul talked about rejoicing in his suffering you know, First Corinthians here. If one suffers, we all suffer. Um, suffering is is a lot of times the glue that keeps us together. Because when things are good, everybody's yeah. got an opinion. Yeah. Everybody's going their own way, and societies and communities fracture. Yeah. Uh, but trials are what brings us closer together. It is. It is. Uh, he, this is one of the distinctions that I was thinking about as I read this this scripture this time was that when we undertake a 5k challenge or a couch to marathon or whatever it is running wise or walking wise we choose to suffer together right we're making a choice Mm -hmm. to suffer Um, not all suffering is choosing not all suffering is something Mm -hmm. we go into voluntarily very often suffering is something that is thrust thrust upon us Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes we don't have enough appreciation for the people who are suffering around us, I think. And it's especially true when that person doesn't think like me, right? Mm-hmm. So if it's, if it's you know, if I'm on one side of the political aisle and I see somebody on the other side of the political aisle and I see them suffering, 
we almost chuckle at it sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Instead of going, man, I feel so bad for them. I was listening to a podcast where they were just they were describing this person who is on the opposite end of a political spectrum from where where I am, and they said that they listen to them get, I say, educated. They were some facts were shared with them that they didn't know, and it just it struck my heart thinking that people people who don't know who Christ is that that strike back at us mm-hmm. who who think we're crazy for thinking and, and believing the way that we do they just don't know any better and mm-hmm. that should be a compassionate feeling not a lash out at them feeling you know what i mean and i think so often we're we're we don't think about it the right way we think about it in the way of i, I want to get back at them or i don't care what they think or the, the truth need, needs to be that we need to be compassionate about those people and want them to, to gain an understanding. Well, I think this is this is going to be a prime example of how you and I both married up because um, <laughs> I think Debbie falls into the same cap, camp. But this is where Holly, my wife, she, she has this uncanny ability to, and I guess it, it's empathy, but she's able to see things through other people's eyes. Mm-hmm in a way that I can't. Mm-hmm. I, you know, my knee-jerk reaction to a lot of what I hear is, what are they talking about? They have no clue what they're talking about. Holly, on the other hand, and I think Debbie's the same way, sh- she looks at it like you just said. Yeah. They don't know any better. Yeah. And and that is never the thing I want to hear. I'm like, well, they should know. And <laughs> I'm wrong in saying that. My posture and my attitude, and I'm sure it's for you too, mm-hmm. is dead wrong. Yep in those cases and and that's but there again how important is it for me to have holly in my life yeah to have i mean opposites do attract she is the counter to many of my arguments and it's for good reason because yes i'm i'm more bold and outgoing which is not her strong suit but together many times i think we can be effective but if it were just me I'd, I'd run off a cliff somewhere you know it's yeah. again it's 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 the community it's your home it's your friends it's the people you hang out with it's the people you go to church with even though they may think differently it's all for a good reason yeah and th- that's that's a good point because we have to have a vision of what that reason is we just had we just the the cross country team, the high school cross country teams just competed at the state meet. Mm-hmm. They ran well. The two meets that mean everything that mean the most are the region meet and then the state meet. And both the guys and the girls both did great at both. Right? They were they were ranked number fifteen in the state. They both finished thirteenth. They both finished higher than they were supposed to. That's great. Even with some setbacks, they they finished well. But you know what we did. We did some very specific workouts leading up to those races that were specifically designed to get them ready for those races. Mm-hmm. We looked at our workouts through a lens of let's compete well in these two races. Well, as Christians, everything that we look at, we need to f- look at it through the lens of taking people and sharing Jesus and getting them to understand the cross mm-hmm. and what it is and if we're not doing that we're missing the point point. 
Mm-hmm. If what we're now we're not always actually doing the sharing, but if we're not doing something that is contributing to that goal, what are we doing? And very often, if you if we if we decided to all train specifically for that goal, we would all do a lot of things differently. Just like what you're talking about, you would look at those people differently. I would look at those people differently mm-hmm. if that was my goal all the time. Yeah question what gifts has god given you and are you using them to glorify god i think we've had this question in various iterations over the past three and a half years that we've been doing this podcast about what what we do with our gifts and um you know i hope (laughs) that we get better at it as we go i think we all do i think as we get older we get better at it if we have a you know if we're in church and we're studying our Bible and we're praying, we're going to get better at what we're doing because that's the way God works. Um, but recently, um, th- this th- what we started out the the podcast with about this lady asking, "What do I do next?" You know what what is that? Well, for me, that's simple, right? The 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 idea of using my gifts to me that's I don't understand why anybody has a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Just go out and run. Just, it's so simple. Yeah, you know that's my gift, right? Yeah. Is to is to be able to see that without any questions and not understand. But not everybody's that way, and so I have to take a step back and I have to go. Well, what 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 can I do using my gifts to help those people around me to be able to see things in, in a better way? And um, that's what we should be doing with God. That's what we do. We hopefully. Even though they weren't necessarily gifts to learn how to run sound, we hmm. we've acquired some knowledge to yeah. help people do. We're that. open to learning. Yeah, 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 yeah. Another question: Do you struggle with playing with other team members at church, work, family, or other areas? That is stepping on some toes. No, there. that's just coming flat into the kitchen and banging pots and pans <laughs> no, right there. Oh my goodness! I do struggle here, and yeah. I, I, I for the same reason that that I just mentioned about Holly. I I, I think this is something somewhere I'm getting better. Um, I've had to learn. I've had to learn not to keep my convictions to myself. But my opinions to myself. Yeah. And sometimes we conflate those two. Yep. Um, <laughs> Tell you a funny thing happened the other day. I got a, I got a. It was a magazine from an organization, a Christian organization, and it had an article in there that just flew all over me. Mm-hmm. My immediate response, as soon as I saw it, I took a picture of it and I typed out a, a text message to one of the leaders, local leaders of FCA just to make sure he knew how I felt. And I typed it all out, and then I erased it and said, there's no need for that. Mm -hmm. I don't need to share my opinion with everybody. Mm -hmm. I'm getting better at it, too. Yeah, I mean, but I think the point I was trying to make is so many times we we try to rise our opinions to the level of conviction. And many times it's just not what it like music, for instance. We yeah. we've talked about music many times, and we we start to we start we want our opinion. We want what we want so bad that we start trying to degrade what is there. When what is there is not bad, it's just different. 
But we start trying to tear it down in the name of, well, that's not right. Well, it's it's not that it's not right. It's not. It, it's just not what we like. Yeah. And and so many times we conflate those two. And you know the argument that some people have had. You know, well, there shouldn't be drums in the church. Well, it's because you don't like drums. Yeah. Is really what it boils down to because mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with drums in the church. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've told the story many times of I don't, I'm like you. I don't, I never have liked rap music. And for years, I didn't like Toby Mac, just mm-hmm. not because of who he was, but because it was just kind of the rap. It wasn't my, it wasn't my jive. You know, it wasn't my type of music. And then I went to a concert where Toby Mac was there and I heard him give his testimony. Yeah. Now I love Toby Mac. It made a huge difference. And, but, yeah, we just don't need to let our preferences rise to the level of of conviction. Um, and so many times we, we want to push it right up to the top. We do. A, a good example, yesterday the New York City Marathon was on, and I had I'd recorded it and I was watching it last night, and I was doing nothing but complaining about the coverage, <laughs> right? And Debbie, finally she goes, hey, say something positive. Will you say something positive? Uh, we so need people like that in our lives, we don't we? We need grace. Yeah, you know, we do. We do. Debbie and Holly are full of grace. Yep. They're full of empathy. And they're just, over the years, they're pouring a little bit into us each day. They are. And uh, hopefully it's taken. <laughs> she laughed at me. She said, why don't you say something positive? I said, well, I guess it is good that it's on television. <laughs> I did the same thing last night. Holly and I were watching, uh, have you ever seen the show Building Off the Grid? I've, I haven't watched Well, the my show, background but. is building, so I'm yeah. critiquing every <laughs> little thing they're doing. I'm like, that's not right. That's not right. And I'm, we do, I do the same thing. It's like, yeah. we need to learn more to look for the good rather than, you and I, we go straight for the bad many times. Yeah. Holly and Debbie. They go straight for the good. It's always, I mean, Holly, it's, there is never, she always looks at the good. Yeah. Always, to a fault. And we need more of that in our lives. We definitely need to learn how to appreciate others' differences much better. Last question. Are you a person that looks for ways to run toward people to help and support, or do you shy away to let someone else handle it? I I feel like, I don't know if I'm an oddball here on this one, but I I feel like I sprint towards, if I see somebody needs help, I'm going to sprint towards them, and I want to do everything I can do to help them. Yeah. My problem is recognizing that there's somebody who needs help. Yeah. You know, that's been my issue. But uh, once I realize somebody needs help, man, I'll do anything. I'll yeah. put everything down. I'll do whatever I can do to help out. Um, last Wednesday, you know, I do a, I teach a PE class just two days a week here at a local private school. And um, last week – I normally do it on Mondays and Fridays. And last week, Wednesday, and I do it at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Wednesday at like 10 a.m., I got a text message. Can you do can you do PE class today? And my first thought was, man, I'll do anything to help out. Yes, I'll do it. And um, was it convenient for me? No, it wasn't. But um, but that's kind of the way I am. I'm like, sure. I'll, I'll, yes, I'll make it work. I, I didn't even think about what else do I have going on this afternoon. It's like I'll work it out. I'll yeah. figure it out. And and we and we did. And um, the sometimes we we need to get out there and and sure. just and just get busy and get get it done. Um, but there's the other side of that coin. I very often don't let other people do things. I need to let other people do. 
because mm-hmm. I feel like I need to do it myself, right? I've mentioned before the tarp at the cross country meets. Mm-hmm. Fold, I, it drives me crazy when it's not folded up nice and neat. <laughs> it's not a big deal. But for me, I feel yeah. like I have to do it because the, this, this past weekend, somebody said, here, I'll help you with that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like David Hendricks. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I'm a little bit like old David was, yeah. But the truth is, again, we need to appreciate people for who they are. And the fact that somebody else doesn't care whether that tarp is folded up nice and neat or not, mm-hmm. I need to appreciate the fact that somebody else, they're focused on maybe things that are much more important than sure. how a tarp is folded up. Mm-hmm. Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run for God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it. With the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you're participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at www.runforgod.com. we're back as we move into cooler weather it's time to get out the cooler wet running gear Um, we've talked about it before Uh, whenever it gets starts to get cold out if you're fairly new to running and this is your first winter that could be you if you are layers layers is the most important word when it comes to uh, running and or walking out in the um, and, and especially on the long runs man so many people they'll wear so much clothing mm-hmm. and they get out there and they're just dripping sopping wet and then they're colder when they get through because they're wet and uh you got to be careful with that that we've said it before dress 20 for 20 degrees warmer yeah. than it is if it's 50 degrees out dress like it's 70 degrees out and the first 15 minutes may not be super comfortable but you'll get comfortable and you'll feel way better sure than if you dressed for 70 uh if you dressed for 50 degrees um and, you know, I find one of the biggest variances for me when I run is my hands. Mm-hmm. I, I I wear gloves sometimes when it's in the 50s, mm-hmm. and I, most people don't do that. Um, I remember having one of our athletes at Dalton State who she wouldn't wear gloves until it was like 20. Yeah. And um, I just, I, I got to wear gloves. Um, and if my hands are warm, the rest of me is fine. It's, for me, it's my hands and, and the tips of my ears. Oh yeah, yeah, if, yeah. If that ever starts to get cold, I get cold. That's why I got to wear a I wear a boggin a lot of times. When I'm running. Yeah, I'll wear a boggin a lot of times, um, and it'll get so soaking wet, mm-hmm. and I don't even notice it while I'm. But it running. keeps you warm. It, it still does keep keeps you warm. warm yeah. It does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the other weird thing about me, I don't know if you're like this, but my feet don't get cold. Mm-mm. I mean, they get cold, but they don't bother me when they're right. cold. And so many people, I hear people all the time complaining, my feet are so cold. I'm like, why does that bother you? It doesn't mm-hmm. bother me. Mm-hmm. It just goes back to what we were talking about a little while ago about appreciating people for being different sure. than us. We have a hard time understanding. Why? I don't understand that. I've never had, my feet have never been to that point where I'm like, my feet are so cold. Yeah. Uh, 
but temperature is interesting. Um, I'll tell you what one of the most important pieces of clothing I have in the wintertime is a windbreaker. Most important piece of clothing. I thought it was those big, ugly mittens you have. Well, the, yes, that's from <laughs> to keep my hands warm. That is true. But, but windbreakers. And when I say ugly, I mean they're big, ugly, and they're like 100 years old. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they look like you've been out chopping wood or something, but you like them. I, I How long have you had those them. mittens? I have had them since 1983. So 40 years. Wow. Yeah. 40 years I've had them. And I still wear them regularly in the wintertime, especially when it's really cold. Um, but windbreakers are so important because a lot of times in in the wintertime, the thing that gets us is the wind. Mm-hmm. It's not the fact it's really cold or it's not so cold. It's the wind. And so a windbreaker, you can wear just a, just a T-shirt and a windbreaker, yeah. and it's 40 degrees out, which would normally feel really cold. But you put a windbreaker over a T-shirt when it's – and it's windy it'll keep you pretty warm yeah so yep Uh, all right it's a time for dean's thoughts that's a time when i share something i've written about the intersection between running and faith well i got this thought about how firefighters train um you know eventually a firefighter has to face the actual real fire Mm -hmm. um and i guess it's it's got to be eye-opening when they do that so this one's called training like a firefighter when a new firefighter is trained they begin in the classroom they'll spend weeks learning the basics of firefighting from the organization of a unit to actually putting out the fire as is the case with most things we don't understand that we don't understand it is far more complicated than we know but after those initial weeks of learning how to minimize the damage a fire can do as well as keeping safe while doing it there comes a time to face the fire a controlled burn is set up and the trainee must enter the structure and literally feel the fire's heat once there it becomes uncomfortable really fast being in a burning building is not natural at this point the trainee realizes that talking about it is much different than doing it there's a palpable feel fear but you know but you know you cannot become a firefighter without facing the fire the first time it's tough but it gets better each training session eventually it feels natural and boom you're a firefighter we can find many parallels between running and firefighting training First, many people sign up for a couch to 5K plan because it sounds good. Then they go out to run that first time and find out it's a little harder than they thought. Or maybe they knew it would be hard, but it's so much different when you have to put action action to the desire. The more those people get out and work towards the 5K finish line, the easier it becomes. Second, it becomes apparent early that as important as it is to understand how to run, there is no substitute for doing it. For someone who has never faced what it feels like to run for more than a mile, it is impossible to describe in a classroom. You have to feel it in order to have a frame of reference to even discuss it. Running education becomes more real after you have a little experience, just like firefighting. And finally, You find the value in running increases with your accumulated knowledge and experience. The more you know and experience in firefighting, the better firefighter you become. The more you know and experience in running, the better runner you become. There is no substitute for experience. 
I love to hear people describe their first encounter with God. The Holy Spirit overwhelms them and they are super excited about their relationship with God. Then reality hits them right between the eyes. It doesn't take long for the new to wear off and for them to come to the realization that it is harder than it felt at first. Faced with real life circumstances makes living the Christian life difficult sometimes. Real life is like facing the fire. Do all the book do all the book learning you can, but don't underestimate real life. And here is the best part of real life. As great as learning about firefighting, running, and or Jesus can be, the biggest payoffs come when you face the real thing. The first time you save a life as a firefighter is incredible. Crossing that first 5K finish line is great. And seeing your best friend or a relative come to a saving knowledge of Christ because you have impacted them is priceless. Another great thought, Dean. Um, I think the thing that stands out to me when I when I heard you reading this is the phrase paralysis of analysis. Mm. I think so many people, I'm not that. I'm probably not that to a fault. I probably jump into things quicker than I should. Sometimes I need I need to go through the class a little bit longer. Uh, but so many things, I don't know if it's more common now or if I'm just around more people now that think this way, but they overthink. Yeah. They stay in that firefighter class for 12 semesters longer than they should have. Yeah. And they just think and they think and they think. And that is not my personality. Yeah. I, I, they go ready, aim, 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 fire. I say ready, fire, and then I try to aim. You know, so many times. But um, yeah, I mean, this is a this is a great story for that reason. That you know, yes, we need to we need to learn things. We we need to learn what the gospel is and how to share it. But the best the best way to get better at sharing the gospel sharing the gospel yeah the best way to get better at running is to go run yeah the best way to be a firefighter is to go fight fires yeah and but it seems like that's less and less pre- prevalent in our society today it's it's more we need to prepare 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 and i just don't i don't see it that way yeah well you know the truth is is you know mike tyson you know his his famous quote is everybody has a plan until you get punched in the mouth yeah you know (laughs) once you once you face whatever that thing is all that training it's great it is great don't get me wrong training's important it's crazy Mm -hmm. important it's super important it's really great to have a lot of knowledge about the bible before you go out and you you share christ with somebody but you're still going to, once you get out there and you do it, mm-hmm. I remember being an HR manager. And when I was an HR manager, you know, there's all these classes that teach you how to deal with people who aren't getting along or whatever. But nothing can possibly prepare you for two people sitting in front of you. One has one story, the other has another story, and one of them's lying. Mm-hmm. And you don't know who it is. And you have to make a decision. There's nothing that, that can possibly prepare you for that because at that point you got to figure out how to how to deal with that in a, a reasonable way and you don't want to you don't want to miss something you don't want to you don't want to say okay I believe you and not you because you may be wrong mm-hmm. um, and it once once you face whatever that thing is um, your training becomes more. Um, 
more more realistic, mm-hmm. I guess, you realize what the training was for. Because b- before you face it, you, you have an idea, but until you face it, you don't. Sure. And um, yeah, it, it's it's a crazy uh, a marathon. I think about w- when you run a marathon. You ever tried to explain to somebody how it feels to run a marathon who's never run before? Yeah, and they just they can't understand it. Yeah, how how would you explain it? Mm-hmm. You, you can't really explain it. You, yeah, you need to experience it. Um, I imagine ultra marathons are probably like that too. I haven't done that yet, so it's kind of like you know, it's funny you brought this up because we're going through revelations as revelation as a family uh, again right now, and. I kind of had the same comparison when talking about Revelation and what and what John saw as he was writing Revelation. You know, reading it, I'm convinced. I'm convinced I could read Revelation a hundred times in a row, and some of it is still going to be just like, "What in the world <laughs> is John talking about?" Yeah. And I think it's I think it's the example you just gave. It's it's like trying to describe something that you've never seen before. Mm-hmm. John never saw anything that he was seeing, and he and he's trying to describe it to me. Yeah, it's kind of like you know, it, seeing something in the woods that you don't know really know what it is, and then you go try to tell all your friends about it, and all your friends are looking at you like you got four heads. Yeah, what are you talking about, Dean? I feel like that's what John was trying to do. Yeah, and I think Revelation is one of those we just have to accept. We're not going to understand it until we experience it. Yeah, and that's so many things. So many things is you know running being one of them. people feel like they have to. It's kind of like becoming a Christian. Some people think they have to get ready. Running yeah. people think I have to get educated. I have to get the right shoes. I have to get the right clothes. I have to check my schedule. I have to do a planning session for twelve weeks before I no. Get out there and run. Just start running. Yep. You if you're if you if you don't know who Jesus Christ is. Or maybe you do, and you haven't accepted him in your life. There's nothing to get ready for. Mm-hmm. He's he's right there. Yep. Just do it. You know, if it's if it's a job that you're considering, and you can read up on it all you want, but that first day, <laughs> all of that stuff you read about is is not going to be negated, but it's going to be different. Yeah. The the best course of action is doing. Yeah. Times now. Don't. Don't do the ready, fire, aim like I do many times. You know, get prepared and then go. Yeah, sort of like um, the the Bible in a year stuff mm-hmm. that I'm been doing this year. <laughs> you know, I, you remember how that came up? Yeah, like was, one week. Yeah, one week. <laughs> I think before, I'm going to do this. Yeah, and uh, it sounded great, and it, it is great. It, is it has great. been great, yeah. and I've thoroughly enjoyed doing Way it. Way bigger than you thought it was going to be. Boy, yes, <laughs> that is uh, it. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, so uh, you got to be careful when you do start taking bites that you 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 understand how big the bites are. Yeah, you got to count the cost. Yeah. Would you like to experience the Bible in a different way than you've ever done before? Well, you can join me, Coach Dean, as I read through the entire Bible every day for a full year. 
You don't want to miss hearing this transplanted Southern boy try to pronounce those biblical names now, do you? It may be good for a laugh. In addition, I share running and walking tips and some inspirational quotes along the way. Get your daily dose of the Bible from a runner's perspective in the Run for God Run Club Walk Through the Bible. You must be a member of the Run Club to get access. So if you're not a member, join today. If you are a member, just find a Walk Through the Bible under the Nationwide Challenge Every week I share a reason why running and or walking is so awesome and this week in a world where we are over medicated for things like depression for example Running and walking is free therapy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is free sure. therapy. Um, exercising, including running and or walking or other things, uh, three to five times per week, 30 minutes at a time, has proven to reduce anxiety and depression. So people who are taking, and boy, we, we really are so over-medicated, um, and we're finding that out. I'm not saying that people don't need medication. Please don't hear that. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but we can accomplish so much through exercise um, if we'll just do it. So that's one of the greatest things about running and walking is that it is, it's not hard to do. You can do it almost anywhere, and it's, it literally is free therapy. And I, I, I'll take that a step further. Yes, I agree. I, I think, you know, I think that can replace a lot of medication. Mm-hmm. Just going for a run or walk. Again, I'm like you. I'm not a clinical psychiatrist. I'm not prescribing anything here. But I know for my life, it it works wonders. But unplug sometimes. Yeah. You know, some everybody. It's like everything else. We feel like we got to have headphones in, and and that's great sometimes. But sometimes unplug. Give it a try. If you're not one of those people that. If you're one of those people that has to have music or podcasts, and, and I love that stuff too, mm-hmm. but try unplugging every now and then. Mm-hmm. There is so much therapy and just hearing the birds, you know, we're, we're that time of the year where I'm, I'm walking down, I'm trying to, I'm taking a page out of Ben Reed's class where he, he posted a couple years ago about trying to catch leaves. Yeah. You know, have you ever tried to catch a leaf that's falling from the trees? I haven't. It's hard. Yeah. It's I'm sure. way harder than you think it yeah. is. Anyway, this is the time of year to do that. Just, enjoy you can see god so clearly out on a run or a walk and there's so much therapy in that now again i love a good podcast i love music but sometimes we just need to unplug and to your point it's good for your mental health yeah there's so much talk about mental health nowadays this is something that's great for it yep yep and it's free free i love free yeah all right. Well, I wanted to talk about this. This is uh, there was a, a survey in Runner's World. Runner's World is one of the biggest, maybe the biggest, running publication in the world. And if you want to know more in more detail about these things, you can go to runnersworld.com and and um, look this up. But there were it was just a survey about different things. And so, um, what do you think is the top reason for people starting running? I really thought the number one reason would be losing weight did you think that but it's not yeah i'm suspicious of, i mean the the number one that you're showing here i think 
kind of falls into that category. It could. It could. 39%. I'd have to said, see how they asked the question. Well, that's true. Yeah. 39% said they started to improve fitness. Uh, 12% said they do it to lose weight. 9% said they do it for mental health. Um, and then there's a lot of other reasons. But it, it, it kind of underscores that the, mo- the, the chief reason why people start running is still less than half of, of the overall. And it's um, so it, it tells you that there are so many reasons why people do it. Um, and it kind of goes with the next question. Why do people continue to run? And 42% say they do it for fitness reasons. Only 42% say they do it for fitness reasons. I mean, for me, I think that's the chief reason I run is, is because I want to, I want to stay in shape. I want to stay healthy. I want to stay feeling good. I think mm-hmm. that's the number one reason. Um, but only 42%, 18% say they do it for mental health. Um, and then 15% say they do it just to continue to challenge themselves. Um, yeah, I think that's where I, I would really need to see the questions because if you if you said Mitchell, why do you why did you start running? And why do you continue to run? Is it to lose weight? Is it mental health? Improve fitness? Uh, or challenge yourself? I would say yes. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's kind of like you, yeah. it's hard to put one reason because there's there's so many benefits and you want all those benefits. So it's yeah. hard to really kind of ask and answer those questions yeah i wonder with the lower percentages i wonder if they just opened at, if they asked open-ended questions yeah like why did you start running and then you write the answer in yeah um, that would be interesting to to know the next question was at what age did you start running and this is so scattered it was very surprising um 21% under 20, 26% 20 to 29, 22% 30 to 39, 17% 40 to 49, and then 10% for 50 to 59, and only 4% 60 or older. But that's spread out pretty evenly, a lot more evenly than I would have thought that it was. Um, the sad part is only 21% of people start running after the age of 40, and I think that's what we need it the most. Yeah, I think it, I think if you took a poll of the Run for God community these numbers were very different because i don't i don't think to me the largest number being 20 to 29 that one really surprises me because 20 to 29 is that age where people are starting their careers they're having kids their their focus is so different that is a surprise yeah i would have thought it would have been the 30 to 39 or even the 40 to 49 would have been the largest age group i would have to and again to your point at Run for God, that that probably is sure. the case yeah. for us. Eighty-five um, percent of runners have participated in a race, with over seventy percent of respondents taking part in a ten k. That surprised me. Yeah. Um, three is the magic number when it comes to how often runners tend to head out for a run each week. So most people, thirty-five percent of people, run three times a week. Twenty-one um, percent of people run four times a week. Sixteen twice a week. 12% five times a week. Only 2% of people weren't run seven days a week. I guess I'm an oddball. You're one of those weirdos, Dean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Most runners tend to clock between 10 and 19 miles. Um, that's e- each week. So that I, I would have thought that number was lower mid-20s, not 10 mm-hmm. to 19. But that's, that's, so that's interesting. Um, 77 um percent of people experience one or more related running related injuries per year 73 quarters of runners experience some kind of now i guess 
throughout a year that's believable probably depends on what you call an injury yeah. too you know i mean I, something that you need to take a day or two off or yeah you think yeah, 72 percent, 42 percent of those were knee injuries <laughs> um calf and shins were 31 percent and foot problems were 30 percent so that's the lion's share of well that's all of it right there so um how many pairs of running shoes have you bought in the past year <laughs> 26 per over 50 52 percent were either one or two pairs of shoes um and i don't know one of the, the answer this one of the answers was zero and 17 percent of people have bought zero <laughs> pairs of running shoes in the past year that are running that's weird to me um, they need to go read chapter two they do they need to, they for sure need to do that seven percent buy over five pairs of running shoes every year that's a lot of running shoes of course i may I'm not sure if I run. I may. I probably do buy five pairs a year. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I tend to get a lot more miles out of mine than a lot of people do. 39% of people recycle their worn out running shoes. 30% donate them to a charity. Um, and, uh, and then there was another question. How much cushion do you prefer in your running shoes? Um, and it was a scale of one to 10. So seven to 10 being the, the most cushioning, 64% of people were almost two thirds liked the more cushioning. Um, 30% about a third prefer, preferred moderate cushioning. And then only 6% prefer a, a kind of a more firm feel where you can feel the ground. Um, 89% of people track their runs. That surprises me that there's 10, 11% of people out there that don't track their runs. Um, 57% track with a running watch, 26% track with a smart watch, which to me is almost the same thing. Um, and then 19% track with a phone. Uh, to me, that's that's a, a Garmin watch or an Apple watch. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah. And then a question, do you post your runs on social media? 55% do, 45% don't. Um, I, I probably would have guessed somewhere in the 50 50 mm-hmm. range for that uh the favorite running the favorite platform to record running runs are is strava we have our own strava group that is about 600 strong now yeah. so uh, a lot of people on there there are yeah um 25 um say they always use a training plan when they prepare for a race uh, so 75% that of people low. don't yeah. use a training plan when they prepare for a race. Um, I fall into that 75%. Uh, your typical pace for an easy day. I thought this was this was revealing. I was a little bit surprised. I thought that there would be more people on the slower side on this. Um, the, the, the biggest one was 9 to 9.59 minutes per mile. 9 to 10 minutes per mile was 27%. Um, and then eight to nine minutes per mile was 23%. And then 22% was 10 to 11 minutes per mile. And then only 14% or over 11 minutes per mile. I think I would have thought that number would be higher. And maybe that's just because I'm biased well, because of the you run gotta, for God you gotta, group. <laughs> you gotta, that correlates to 75% of the people don't use a training plan. So seven, I think a vast majority of those 75% of the people, all of their runs or at nine to ten minute pace, it's yeah. those people who yeah. all of their runs look the same, yeah. which is is yeah, indicative of not having a training plan. Yeah, 
I four th- percent of people run at a pace six fifty nine minutes per mile or under. For and I, I slow run. I, I think I think when I look at my um, when, I, when I look at my ability, I feel like I'm one. I'm in the top two percent probably of all runners in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is no way I could run under seven minutes per mile every day for all my all my easy runs and and live to tell about it <laughs> but four percent of people are doing that um, i think some people are hurting them i think that that describes why we have three quarters of people getting injured <laughs> <laughs> these numbers start to make sense and the further we go down they do they do 72 percent uh listen to some kind of audio when they run 64 percent of that is or 64 percent of those people listen to music 31 percent podcasts and 12 percent audiobooks the favorite genre to listen to uh, with music is pop music. Um, imagine that. Popular music is the most popular music. <laughs> uh, who do you most like to run with? 50%, 56% of people said, I like to run alone. That surprised me. Yeah. That more than half the people like, like to run alone. Seventeen um, percent with friends, fourteen percent with a running with a running club or group, six percent with spouse or significant other, five um, percent with their dog, one percent child or grandchild, one percent parent or other relative. So, um, most people prefer to run by themselves. That surprised me. Um, <laughs> what other runners do that bothers you? <laughs> this was interesting to me. People are bothered by people running too close to them. 80% I've never of people, noticed that. I never have either. Hmm. I mean, I've I have I've seen I've seen a person or two that tended to crowd crowd you out. They tend to run in the middle of the sidewalk if you're running side by side on a mm-hmm. sidewalk. Sometimes it's like, hey, can you move over to the edge? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, I don't know that I would call that something that bothers me. Seventy-eight um, percent of people are bothered by people blowing snot rockets. <laughs> I, I, what's the big deal 74% of people are bothered by people who spit um, and how is it 70 how can 74% of people being bothered be, be bothered by people who spit when some of those people are actually doing the spitting so they're bothered by their own you know what I'm saying <laughs> yeah that sounds sounds weird um, 38% are bothered by people not waving that's that, mine that one bothers me yeah that yeah. one bothers I'll me. wave at everybody yep yeah yep um in fact i've got them to my my kids before yeah i'm like just wave at people yeah going down cleveland highway it's a perfect opportunity to to practice your social skills absolutely and 38 percent heavy breathing i know like when i'm in a race man i hate being right right behind somebody or right in front or beside somebody who breathes really really hard Mm -hmm. uh i don't know why um and then they asked this question, are you for or against some of these, these things that are controversial subjects in the running community? Are you, are you for or against marathon walkers? And 46% were for and only 13% against. So people are okay with people walking marathons. I'm glad to see that. Uh, 48% are okay with people wearing headphones, um, with racing with headphones. And 26% are not okay with it. And then uh, race cutoff times, 46% of people are okay with running cutoff times. 27% of people don't like the fact that there are cutoff times. So 46% of the people say we need to have cutoff times, 
and 40, those same 46% of the people say we should have marathon walkers. Or maybe that's the opposite. Yeah. Maybe it's the other side say yeah. we should have walkers. Yeah, that would make sense, wouldn't it? Anyway, I thought this was some cool info. Again, it came from Runner's World. If you want to go and look at more, um, you can go in there and check that out. So, all right. Let me share a trivia question with you for next week. And this one is a multiple choice question. I don't think we've ever done a multiple choice question, but I thought we would this week. And it's this. What percentage of Americans has completed a marathon? Hmm. And the, the answers are, is it 10%, 5%, or 1%? And if you know the answer to that, send it to dean at runforgod.com. Be the first person to answer and get that to me and be correct. And you will win $20 off in the Run For God store. So what percentage of Americans has completed a marathon? I, I, I thought that would be a good question. Mm-hmm. Our motivational thought of the week comes from Olivia Newton-John. She said, once you face your fear, nothing is ever as hard as you think. Hmm. Isn't that true? Mm-hmm. If you're scared of something, the chances are it's not as bad as you think. Now, if you're not scared of something, chances are it may be harder than you think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I think it goes both ways. Um, sometimes, I, we've probably all been there. We dread something. We just, we just dread it. We don't want to do that thing. And then we do it and we go, what was I so worried about? I deal with this with my kids all the time, especially Lane. Yeah? He's like, I've got so much homework. I'm just never going to get it done. And then he goes into his room, closes his door, and 20 minutes he walks out. And I said, what are you doing? I got done with my homework. <laughs> so he'll bellyache about it for two hours, and it takes him 20 minutes to get it done. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, a lot of truth in that. Yep, I understand that. All right. Well, until next week, may God bless every step of every run and or walk. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.